On Tuesday, David Brooks, the faux conservative columnist for the New York Times, and a columnist so ensconced in wry analysis of the American upper middle class that he seems to have completely lost touch with reality, penned a pretty condescending column, aren't they all, about how upper middle class Americans have created their own society. Brooks's thesis, quote, over the past generation, members of the college-educated class have become amazingly good at making sure their children retain the privileged status. They've also become devastatingly good at making sure the children of other classes have limited chances to join their ranks. This is a pretty astonishing claim, given that income mobility in the United States hasn't really changed since the 1970s, and that income mobility in the U.S. is the same as Europe's, despite Europe's higher levels of redistribution. Virtually all differences in income mobility between the United States and Europe are attributable to dropping out of high school or having babies out of wedlock. But according to Brooks, the new elite have chopped off the ladder behind them. Brooks blames the pediacracy, stupid. He cites these facts, quote, Upper middle class moms have the means and the maternity leaves to breastfeed their babies at much higher rates than high school educated moms and for much longer periods. Upper middle class parents have the means to spend two to three times more time with their preschool kids than less affluent parents. Since 1996, education expenditures among the affluent have increased by almost 300%, while education spending among every other group is basically flat. Yes, it turns out that making more money does accord your children extra benefits. But that doesn't mean that you are responsible for shutting off someone else's path to success. According to Brooks, however, the upper middle class has now become exclusionary. How so? First, Brooks cites zoning laws in college admissions. Fair game for talk of bending rules in favor of the upper middle class, although it's important to note that the vast majority of high school graduates in the United States now go to college, 66% as of 2013, including 46% of graduates from low-income families. But then Brooks gets weird. He goes after what he calls informal social barriers that segregate the lower 80%. Here is his best example, quote, Recently, I took a friend with only a high school degree to lunch. Insensitively, I led her into a gourmet sandwich shop. Suddenly, I saw her face freeze up as she was confronted with sandwiches named Padrino and Pomodoro and ingredients like soppressata, capiccioli, and striata baguette. I quickly asked her if she wanted to go somewhere else, and she anxiously nodded yes, and we ate Mexican. This is idiotic. Did Brooks seek to make his friend feel stupid? Did he mean to suggest that his friend was not welcome? Or did he just want a gourmet sandwich? Attributing malice to people's preferences is as nasty as excluding people through selection of hoity-toity restaurants. But Brooks continues, to feel at home in opportunity-rich areas, you've got to understand the right bar A techniques, sport the right baby carrier, have the right podcast, food truck, tea, wine, and Pilates taste, not to mention the right attitudes about David Foster Wallace, child-rearing, gender norms, and intersectionality. Status rules are partly about collusion, about attracting educated people to your circle, tightening the bonds between you and erecting shields against everyone else. We in the educated class have created barriers to mobility that are more devastating for being invisible. The rest of America can't name them, can't understand them. They just know they're there. Uh, no. We have not created informal barriers to mobility. We associate with people who think like us. This is just as true for the shishi yoga instructor moving to Lubbock as it is for a Lubbock kid moving to Hollywood. But to pretend that the habits of the upper middle class in Texas are the same as the habits of the upper middle class in Massachusetts is stupid and ignorant. Brooks's column is just another way to suggest that low-income Americans have insuperable barriers to success in America. And those barriers can be found in sandwich choices, not merely the institutional obstacles we can identify and tackle. In his column, Brooks actually contributes to a far greater barrier to success in America than cultural striation. He contributes to an unearned sense of victimhood, when the best option would be to encourage people to make solid life choices rather than lamenting their ignorance about soppressata. For the record, I have no idea what the hell soppressata is because I keep kosher. So there's a cultural barrier all to yourself. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. (laughs) 
So many things to talk about. E-I-E-I-O. Okay, so everything is insane. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. has now blown up the news cycle. He has released an email exchange, which we will talk about. Is it illegal? Is it treason? So obviously, Tim Kaine, senator from Virginia, he's already out front saying that this is treason. We'll discuss whether indeed Donald Trump Jr. will be executed uh, or whether, in fact, the Democrats are going a little too far. We'll discuss the facts here. They are not great for Donald Trump Jr., but we'll talk about all of that. Plus, I have a huge announcement coming up in about 30 seconds. But first, I want to say thank you to our friends over at Birch Gold. So if you're looking at the stock market, which took a dive today, and you're thinking, hmm, I wish I had some of my money in precious metals, that's because you're smart. You should have some of your money in precious metals. I have some of my money in precious metals. It's a great hedge against inflation, against stock market volatility, against volatility in the real estate market. If you're interested in purchasing precious metals, go to birchgold.com ben. Birchgold.com slash Ben. Right now, they have a comprehensive 16-page kit revealing how gold and silver can protect your assets and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of stocks and bonds and into precious metals IRA. To get that no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to Birchgold.com slash Ben. That's Birchgold.com slash Ben. They have countless five-star reviews and A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They're the people that I trust for investment in precious metals. Make sure you ask all your questions and then go and buy some precious metals as a hedge against all of the vicissitudes of life. Birchgold.com slash Ben. Go and check it out. It's an intelligent financial decision. Okay, so first, the big announcement. I had promoted this last Friday. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned it yesterday. So on September 14th, I will be going to Berkeley. Yay. So we'll see if Antifa shows up. Young America's Foundation, who does wonderful work sponsoring me going all over the country, they have worked out that I will be going to Berkeley on September 14th. And I fully expect that the administration of Berkeley will do its legal duty to prevent the heckler's veto. Okay, Violence from Antifa is not going to stop us. Attempted violence from Antifa is not going to prevent this. And if the Berkeley... If the Berkeley administration decides they want to shut down my speech because they can't control their own students or outside agitators, well, then that's going to be on their own head. But we are coming to Berkeley in about, well, a couple of months now. So in September 14th, we are coming to Berkeley. I look forward to seeing everyone there. And uh, hopefully we can have a good, solid discussion as we have at campuses all over the country, wherever they let me speak. So Bennett Berkeley, it's right now moving on Twitter, hashtag Bennett Berkeley. Looking forward to seeing you all there on September 14th. No heckler's veto. Okay. So, on to the news. Well, actually, you know, before I, I mention the news, I know I'm, I'm really, like, stringing this out, but before I get to the huge news of the day, I just want to mention, have you seen this cup? This cup's really great. I was told that I need to tell you about this cup earlier in the show. So, here is this beautiful, magnificent cup. Leftist tears, hot or cold. I can't drink from it today. Jewish fast day. Uh, but... You will enjoy drinking from this cup when you subscribe over at dailywire.com. I'll tell you about that later, but the cup is fantastic, so there you have it. Okay, so the big news of the day is, of course, that Donald Trump Jr. has um, politically pooped his pants. So this is a problem. So as we discussed yesterday, there was a story from the New York Times that said that there was a meeting between Donald Trump Jr. and Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner and a Russian-connected lawyer named Natalia Veselnitskaya, which is an appropriately Russian name, and... The, and I said that there were open questions about this. There's a story that came out from the Times, also a follow-on story that says that Trump knew that she was an agent for the Russian government. Uh, there was an email exchange containing that information, and that had not yet been confirmed, so I was a little bit skeptical of that information until we actually saw the emails. And yesterday, the media decided that they were going to go nuts over this in lieu of seeing the emails. They were going to suggest that the meeting itself was criminal no matter what. And there were some open questions. Number one was... This woman, Vesel Nitskaya, actually a Russian agent. Number two, did Trump Jr. know that she was a Russian agent? Number two, number three, did he attempt to get information from her about Hillary Clinton? And finally, number four, is that actual collusion? And number five, I guess, is, uh, is it illegal? So we're going to go through all of those questions first. 
the media and the and the left decided immediately that this was in fact criminal and it was collusion. John Podesta, who has the most at stake here, because if he can claim that the Russians won the election for Trump, then he looks less like a dope because he ran Hillary's idiotic campaign last year. He says this is starting to smell like collusion. This is yesterday before the new revelations came out, which we'll talk about in just a second. Well, you know, it's it's drip, drip, drip. We keep learning more information. The story keeps changing. Now it is clear that they had a specific meeting uh, to gather dirt uh, on Hillary uh, with a uh, Russian lawyer uh, with close ties to the Kremlin. Uh, and, you know, we the story, again, ke- uh, keeps changing. Uh, we never knew about that meeting that Mr. Kushner attended earlier. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., uh, said that he uh, was uh, specifically went to the meeting with the hopes of soliciting negative information about Hillary. No, it's starting to smell more and more uh, like collusion to, I think, the public. But most importantly, we really need to get the facts straight on this. Okay, so this sort of drip, drip, drip language, of course, we had to take with a grain of salt because the Democrats have been saying this since literally the middle of last year, and that drip, drip, drip hadn't actually amounted to anything. Senator Richard Blumenthal, he did the same thing. He says, the meeting is criminal. We don't know what happened. This is yesterday. We don't know what happened, but we know it's criminal. Finally, we have, we're going to get the smoking gun. This will be our chance. We will finally nail this sucker down. Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut. This meeting, and most especially Donald Trump Jr.'s clear acknowledgement of the reason for it, is bombshell evidence of conspiracy and criminal intent, because he went to that meeting for a purpose, and that purpose was seeking dirt on Hillary Clinton, potentially in violation of the law. What statute would that be? And that would be 18 United States Code 1030, which is the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, among other statutes. There are a variety of other statutes that might be covered. But an agreement to violate the law, even if somebody doesn't know all the actions are going to be taken, is a conspiracy. And the law okay, is so what Blumenthal can. is saying here is not true. Okay, the legal provision that he just cited is really inapplicable. The idea that this was absolutely collusion, from what we know, is that no information was actually passed and there was no actual collusion. It was quote-unquote attempted collusion, if anything. Okay, so we didn't even know that as, as late as yesterday. And then we finally get this email exchange. So the New York Times is about to break a story on Donald Trump Jr.'s emails, and we're finally going to get the full story. And that's when Donald Trump Jr. makes the genius move of revealing all of the emails himself. He reveals all of the emails himself. And they are not good. So we are going to go through them, and I'm going to explain what exactly is happening here. So first, I want to introduce you to a man named Rob Goldstone. So Rob Goldstone was apparently an agent who was involved with one of the sponsors, a Russian family that's connected to the Russian government and to Trump originally. That family was one of the co-partners or sponsors of the 2013 Miss Universe contest over in Moscow, and Rob Goldstone was the agent for those people. That's how he got to know Trump Jr. and the Trump family. I first want to introduce you to Rob Goldstone, who is the go-between here, because honestly, if you're going to have a collusion scandal, it has to be done in the most ridiculous, stupid possible way. Now, this would be clip 14. Meet Rob Goldstone, the clever go-between in this collusion scandal. This ship made me think of my childhood. My favorite cartoon, that wasn't cartoon, whatever it was, children's TV character, Andy Pandy. I shall now act out an episode of Andy Pandy. This is how it began. Andy Pandy's coming to town, la 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 la. Andy Pandy's almost there, la 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 la. Hello, Andy Pandy. Can you see Ted? Where's okay. Teddy? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I 
the nefarious criminal mastermind at the nexus of Putin and Trump. We have finally discovered him. Okay, so Rob Goldstone contacts Donald Jr. Okay, this is June 3rd, 2016, just days before Trump is going to lock up the nomination effectively. And here's what Rob Goldstone writes. Okay, and this is what Donald Trump Jr. tweeted this out today himself, which I guess is that, I mean, there's, I'm just thinking of the meme of that, of that black dude going like this. Right, like you can't be implicated for something bad if you expose yourself. So here is here's the actual email from Rob Goldstone. It says, Good morning. Emin just called. Emin is the is the guy who was a co-investor with Trump in the 2013 Miss Universe contest. Emin just called and asked me to contact you with something very interesting. The Crown Prosecutor of Russia just met with his father Aras this morning, and in their meeting offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. This is obviously very high level and sensitive, but is part of Russia's and its government's support for Mr. Trump. Let me repeat that. Part of Russia's and its government's support for Mr. Trump, helped along by Aras and Amin. What do you think is the best way to handle this information? And would you be able to speak to Amin about it directly? I can also send this info to your father via Rona, but it is ultra sensitive, so I wanted to send to you first. Best, Rob Goldstone. So there are a few problems with this particular email that, again, Donald Trump Jr. himself released today. Problem number one, hey, this is openly stating that the, the meeting was based on the notion that Russian government was going to provide information to the Trump campaign. Number two, it openly says that this was going to be part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump. Third, the email explicitly says that if we don't go to you, then we can just go right around you to Donald Trump Sr., Right? The implication being that maybe they have some sort of connection to Donald Trump Sr. or at least could get some connection to Donald Trump Sr. Trump Jr. writes back, Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. I'm on the road at the moment, but perhaps I just speak to Amin first. Seems we have some time, and if it's what you say, I love it, especially later in the summer. Like, we can drop the information later in the summer. Could we do a fir- call first thing next week when I am back? Best done. Okay, so assume for a second that Donald Trump Jr. is just a dope, right? Okay, so he's just a dope, and he doesn't know any better, and he figures, okay, people gather information from all sorts of sources all the time. In fact, there's a story last year that the Ukrainian government was meeting with surrogates of Hillary Clinton in order to provide them information about Trump and Russia. So the idea that foreign actors have no influence over American elections is just not true. The Daily Caller's Peter Hassan reported that yesterday. He pointed us to this political link where they talked about this last year at the time. So let's assume that Don Jr. is thinking the same thing. Okay, I'm just going to go gather information. He then goes to Manafort, who should know better, and Jared Kushner, and all three of them meet But they're meeting with the notion that this is going to be some sort of Russian government source. The email exchange continues. And now Rob Goldstone writes, Hi, Don. Let me know when you are free to talk with Amin by phone about this Hillary info. You had mentioned earlier this week, so I wanted to try to schedule a time and day. Best to you and your family, Rob Goldstone. Okay, and then it continues. So there's there's more of these email exchanges, like four pages of these email exchanges. Uh, and, uh, And the email exchanges continue along these lines. They say that, that Amin is in Moscow, he'll call you when he gets off stage. And then finally, here is the, the critical email, June 7th. Don, hope all is well. This is from Rob Goldstone. Amin asked that I schedule a meeting with you and the Russian government attorney who is flying over from Moscow for this Thursday. I believe you are aware of the meeting and so wondered if 3 p.m. or later on Thursday works for you. I assume it would be at your office. Best, Rob Goldstone. Okay, now the key phrase there is the Russian government attorney. So, now I need to show you tape of the Russian government's attorney, okay, this, this Natalia Ves- Veselnitskaya lady. So we've already met the go-between, Andy Pandy. 
Now we're about to meet Natasha from Natasha and Boris. Uh, she is an attorney who clearly has links to the Russian government, but she was on NBC News crying about how she feels betrayed uh, and talking about Trump Jr. and says she doesn't actually work for the Russian government. They had the impression, it appears, that they were going to be told some information that you had about the DNC. How did they get that impression? It's quite possible that maybe they were looking for such information. They wanted it so badly. And this morning, she denies claims she is connected to a Russian government effort to aid Donald Trump's presidency. Have you ever worked for the Russian government? Uh, do you have connections to the Russian government? Yep. No. Okay, so if you listen to Veselnitskaya, then she's not related to the Russian government, but the Trump team was so eager to get information from the Russian government that they met with her randomly. So none of this story makes any sense from her perspective. Uh, she is clearly pretty closely linked to the Russian government. She works closely with the Russian government, has represented state-owned businesses and a senior government official's son. Uh, she is what they call a cutout, meaning that she's somebody who has deniable links with Russia but is pretty clearly associated with Russia. Okay, so what is the upshot of all of this? Is it illegal? Is Donald Trump Jr. going to be executed for treason, as Tim Kaine ridiculously suggested today? Does it matter? Is there more to follow? We'll talk about all that in just a second. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Mack Weldon. So, Mack Weldon is better than whatever you are wearing right now. They are the most comfortable underwear, socks, shoes, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, when I go home, I don't dress as beautifully as I do here on the set. I get immediately into my Mack Weldon gear. In fact, I'm wearing Mack Weldon underwear right now, and they are the greatest underwear that I own. They are just fantastic. I won't even describe to you all the ways in which they are phenomenal. I will just say that they hold up better than any underwear that I own. You know, you get, like, other brands, and they fall apart after you put them in the wash 15 times. Uh, that is certainly not the case with Mack Weldon. They also have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, so you don't stink as much. They want you to be comfortable. Everything is very comfortable. They look good. You can wear it in. You can wear it out. Everything performs. MacWeldon.com. It's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. MacWeldon.com. You get 20% off using promo code Shapiro. That's promo code Shapiro, S-H-A-P-I-R-O. 20% off everything. And it is the best it is the best in the business. I mean, if you want comfortable underwear and socks and shirts and undershirts, there's nothing better than slipping on comfortable clothing uh, and uh, when, when you're hanging around the house or when you're going out. And Mack Weldon does it with style. Again, it's MacWeldon.com, 20% off using promo code Shapiro. That's S-H-A-P-I-R-O. Okay, so is this a crime? So let's assume that everything in this email is just as it suggests that it is. Uh, and let's talk about whether this is illegal or not. So Jonathan Turley, who's a professor over at George Washington University School of Law, uh, he was talking about this yesterday, and the assumption, which was confirmed this morning, that Trump Jr. met with the Russians knowing that they were the Russians and that he was attempting to get information, he says, even if that's the case, this is not necessarily illegal. I think he's right. Here's his analysis. I've been looking at, you know, some of the tweets uh, from other former campaign operatives for other campaigns. They said, you know, yes, we do lots of opposition research, but not with foreign entities, not with someone from another country. First of all, it doesn't appear to be true based on the Ukraine connection that we heard about today uh, on the DNC side. But is that true? Does it does it complicate this legally that it was a meeting with someone from another country who may have a tie to the Kremlin, as most people do in some tangential way or otherwise? No, it's only if, if we, if certainly if we get more information, there could be some wire that's tripped. 
But the, the fact that you've received information from a foreign source is not itself any type of crime unless you start to radically broaden the campaign finance rules. The fact is campaigns and aides meet with foreign leaders and nationals all the time. They share information about trade and other issues. Sometimes they share information that, that runs against their opponent uh, in a campaign. That is fairly routine. Now, what is not routine is to have high-ranking people like this meet with someone without knowing the nature of the meeting. Okay, what he's saying there is exactly right. It is unusual, but it's not clear there's a criminal act. If we are now going to say that getting information from a foreign actor is a violation of campaign finance, that, that basically information counts as some sort of donation, then Hillary Clinton was getting information, apparently, from the Ukrainian government, as I mentioned earlier, and so it's a little bit difficult to make that case. So it may not be illegal, but it is certainly going to be the, the beginning of the Democrats really ramping this into high gear. You thought they were rabid now. Wait. I mean, now they're going to get really rabid because they're going to say, okay, this was just the beginning. Obviously, you have a willingness on the part of the Trump campaign to meet with members of the Russian government or people who they thought were members of the Russian government. Obviously, you have a willingness on the part of the Russian government to, to say straight out that they were attempting to swing the election for Trump. Now, there's a way to read that, which is the Russian government was approaching Trump in an effort to entrap him, that basically they wanted to just mess with the election. The only way to get to Trump was to say, we support you. And so they said that in order to get to Trump. But really, their entire goal was to mess with the election. Bottom line is that this is going to ramp the Democratic machine into high gear. They're not going to claim that there was absolute collusion. However, however, this is not the whole story. And I'm going to talk about what the whole story is in just a second. But for that, you're going to have to go over to dailywire.com. So right now, if you go over to dailywire.com and you subscribe for $9.99 a month, we just raised our rates. You're going to get my show, the rest of my show live. You're going to get my mailbag. You're going to get Andrew Clavin's show live. You're going to get the, the aptly named Michael Knowles show. Is that what we're naming it? Are we calling it the Trolls show? We don't know yet. Uh, Michael, Michael Knowles show is going to be coming as well, so we're going to be doing that. Uh, we also have lots more goodies that are going to be coming behind the paywall, so make sure that you go over and subscribe right now, $9.99 a month. For $99 a year, which is a pretty hefty discount from $9.99 a month, you will get not only all of those things plus an ad-free website, you get that with, with any subscription, but you also get this magnificent etched hot and cold thermos, this mug, which is just, it's the greatest thing that you'll ever see. I mean, look at this. This is worth more than your house. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you can see the silver shining through, and it says right on it, leftist tears, hot or cold. The greatest way to drink leftist tears is, of course, in a Daily Wire mug, and uh, we appreciate you joining us over at Daily Wire. Uh, also, make sure that if you want to listen later, go over to iTunes or SoundCloud, hit subscribe, make sure that you download the show and leave us a subscription. We always appreciate it. Uh, leave us a, a comment or rather a review. We always appreciate it. We are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Alrighty, so here is the problem with the story. So the story would be grand and glorious for the left, except that it was attempted collusion. Now, is attempted collusion still bad? Yes, it shows bad intent on the part of Trump. It shows bad intent on the part of his people. But does that necessarily, well, it doesn't really show bad intent on the part of Trump because Trump isn't really implicated here, but at least on the part of his son and his campaign manager, like everybody around him, right? Every single person around him. It's sort of hard to believe that Trump didn't know any of this was going on. Um, but let's assume the worst. Let's assume that, that's, that, that let's assume the best about Trump, that he didn't know any of that was going on. Okay, we still don't know whether collusion actually took place. So what we found out is that from this meeting, no information was actually exchanged. That this lady showed up in an attempt, presumably, to gain some sort of leverage over the Trump campaign, because now she could always say, okay, we were helping them out, right? And then Trump ended up winning, and they didn't have to. But she could always go forward. The Russian government could always say, yes, yes, we did mess with your election. See, ha-ha, Americans. See, you see, ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> right, they, they could, they'd have leverage. 
But there's no obvious collusion here in the sense that what the Democrats have been claiming is true, that Trump was working with the Russian government to, to weaponize the WikiLeaks, right, which was always the accusation. The accusation was that WikiLeaks had hacked the DNC at the behest of the Russian government and that the Russian government was working with the Trump campaign in order to weaponize that material and send it out there. So what you really have here is now, here's what we know, Trump Jr., and Manafort and Kushner, presumably, because they were informed of this, were aware that the Russian government was reaching out to them and they reached out to the Russian government. We do not have actual evidence of collusion. We have attempted collusion, but not actual collusion at this point. Uh, and that is a pretty big distinction. And then finally, uh, we have information that Trump is going around on the campaign trail saying that he hopes that Vladimir Putin hacks the emails. Okay, But that is not evidence of collusion. In fact, that's sort of evidence against collusion, since if he knew that they were going to hack the emails and, and militarize them and send them out into the world, why would he be out there begging Putin openly to do that instead of just shutting his mouth. So the, the, the whole thing doesn't truly hold together yet, but it is bad news for the Trump administration. And again, impeachment is just a political matter. Okay, impeachment is not a criminal matter. So as much as people on the right are going to say it wasn't a clear criminal act, Trump Jr. didn't do anything criminal, Criminal is not the only standard here, okay? Impeachment is a political standard, meaning that if the Democrats get the vote in 2018, they will attempt to impeach Trump and everyone around him. This is why Mike Pence is trying to separate himself off as far as humanly possible. He's saying, I didn't know about any of this stuff. I wasn't even there during the campaign during this kind of stuff. The Trump White House has separated itself off. People are sending up walls and hiring lawyers. That's never a good sign. So if Democrats get control, they will attempt to impeach. Now, I would warn conservatives on one thing, Republicans and conservatives on one thing, and that is the tempting... Jack Nicholson, I ordered the code red moment. And that is where the right, and I'm starting to see hints of this on the right, they say, well, so what if there was collusion? So what? Let's say that Trump did all this stuff. Let's say that Trump worked with Putin. Why is that so bad? I mean, Hillary had to be stopped. Hillary had to be defeated. And if we had to collude with the Russian government in participating in illegal acts in order to do that, well, I mean, the ends justify the means. Now, you can see the logic has been building for this for a year among a certain crowd. And I don't want to mention names of particular hosts on Fox News who I think would go down this, this road, but I think there are people in the conservative movement who would immediately embrace the idea, well, Hillary was so corrupt that if you have to cooperate with Stalin, almost literally Stalin, to defeat Hitler, then you do it, right? The, the, the Stalin-Hitler analogy was used very often during 2016 to talk about siding with Trump in order to defeat Hillary, but Trump siding with Putin to defeat Hillary seems to me uh, a difference in kind. Okay, there are certain lines in American politics, and the lines should be, how would you feel if Hillary Clinton was actively soliciting information about Donald Trump from the Russian government in the middle of an election cycle? Now, how did we feel when Barack Obama was promising flexibility to the Russian government in the middle of an election cycle? And this would be a lot worse because it wouldn't just be promising flexibility, the quid pro quo. It would also be actively shaping the election cycle itself in coordination with a foreign power. So don't fall into that trap. If you want to retain the credibility of the conservative movement, you have to have some standard. Because then the question becomes, okay, what standard? If Hillary was so, 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 so evil that it was okay to cooperate with the world's worst dictator, then why not cooperate with Al-Qaeda? Why not cooperate with China? Why not cooperate with some of the worst people on Earth? You can see where this logic leads, and it isn't any place good. So I'm not saying that Trump actually did any of this stuff. I'm saying don't preemptively dump your own morality on the side of the road in the expectation that you're going to have to dump your morality on the side of the road if something bad comes out. 
And nothing truly incriminating has happened to Trump himself. No true evidence of actual, not attempted, actual collusion has taken place. No evidence exists that the Trump campaign worked with the Russians in order to hack the wiki, in order to hack the DNC and then use those emails against Hillary Clinton. That was the original claim. There is no evidence of that whatsoever at this point. All we have is a, a meeting that shows willingness, right? Usually they say that a crime, you have to have the, you have to have the, the chain of events and then you have to have motive, means, and opportunity. Right? You have to have motive, means, and opportunity. Right now, all this shows is motive. Right? It doesn't show means and it doesn't show opportunity. Because it doesn't show means because we don't actually know how the, the emails would be gotten. We don't know the channels. And it doesn't show opportunity because we don't see the opportunity for that sort of cheating in terms of Trump meeting with other people in the Russian government or his people meeting with other people in the Russian government to weaponize all this stuff. So there's still a gap in the left logic. They do have the first step. They have the motive, but they don't have the means or the opportunity. Uh, you might argue that they might have the, the means, but they don't have the opportunity yet. So the full crime has not yet been established. So I think that it's important to point that out in all of this. Meanwhile, you know that the media are going to be self-righteous and crazy about all of this. Uh, I thought that the worst clip of yesterday was CNN's Chris Cuomo, the stupidest of all the Cuomos, a walking block of wood uh, who, who speaks. I mean, he's like Grandmother Willow, except weird and, and a dude. Uh, and, uh, and here he is talking to Kellyanne Conway yesterday on CNN. Um, this was not my favorite segment on cable television yesterday. Here's Chris Cuomo talking about how his mission is clear. Um, I mean, I guess that he thinks his mission is to, is to just say silly things on TV, but here is he, my, I'm self-righteous and my mission is clear. I admire your moxie sitting there with the CNN Cairo right near you talking about credibility issues. I, well, listen, a couple weeks I could not be more hey, proud I'm to here, have that so CNN Cairo next can to speak. me. I could not be more proud That's to great. have and it. I could not be more and, proud here representing the White House and, on and CNN. And I'm glad so you are. I want you here because of that. Now, it's not supposed to be an argument. Chris, I'm saying this question started Chris. with why did the president change his Chris. position about working with Russia? You spun it over to this. That was my original question. Wait, the I never president, got an answer to it. You wanted to produce something because you're you're invested in months now as a network in something that simply doesn't exist. No, that, that's an and assumption by you, else in and case it's an unfair we have to go, premise. No. Why don't you tell people what we're doing on health care, on jobs? 800,000 jobs created since we, this man we took about office, 220,000. We talk about the jobs. Okay, okay so two things. One, I don't like Kellyanne Conway's misdirection here, but Chris Cuomo's routine where it's like, we have no bias. We're not, of course they have a bias. Of course they have a bias. And the entire media is going to jump all over that bias over and over and over again because that is what they think. They, they think that this is the kill shot for the Trump administration. The media tried their best during the actual general election cycle to defeat Trump. They failed. And now they think that they're going to get Trump with all of this. So you're going to get Chris Cuomo pushing it and you're going to get Joy Behar pushing it, uh, saying that Trump is Putin's bottom, which I, it's funny how the left gets to make gay sex references with regard to Trump and Putin. But if anyone else ever made a gay sex reference, it would be homophobic, of course. Here's Joy Behar doing this routine. <laughs> See, when Putin uh, shook hands with uh, Trump, he, he, he did this. This is Putin's hand on top. So, yeah. the, so Trump was a bottom. You yeah. get it? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay for Joy Behar to say that because obviously Trump is, is being stooped by Putin from the rear. I mean, that's, that's the, that's apparently, it's amazing how the left is fine with this stuff so long as it's directed against Trump. Joe Scarborough, who obviously has an axe to grind against Trump since Trump went after Mika's bloody face left or whatever, uh, he, uh, he says that Putin must have something on Trump, must have something for Trump to be acting this way. If you looked at all of this from a distance, you might even Sorry. think that Vladimir Putin and the Russians 
have something on Donald Trump. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. This goes back to December 2015. We're interviewing Donald Trump on the air, and it is the first time that Donald Trump compares uh, Vladimir Putin favorably. To Barack Obama says he's a strong leader. Barack Obama's a weak leader. Okay, I mean, you can see the agenda of the media here. So the fact that Donald Trump Jr. spilled these emails today and the fact that the Trump administration is so incompetent in all of this is just handing the media the club that they want to use against the Trump administration. And I don't think misdirection is going to work on this because the media are laser focused on stuff that, that matters, but I'm not sure it matters as much as the media think it matters. Um, you know, again, they should be focused on a defense of we didn't collude. Intent to collude is not the same as colluding. And also, get some stuff done, guys. Like, really, get some stuff done. You want to shift the narrative? Stop talking about to the media about how you're getting stuff done when you're not getting anything done. We are now seven months in, and you have not passed any sort of Obamacare repeal. There's talk about Obamacare repeal, but Mitch McConnell is apparently uh, cutting out the conservatives from that deal. Um, there's talk about tax reform, but that's not happening. Uh, there's talk about the Iran deal. That's not, get, that's not being dumped on the side of the road. You want to get rid of all the Russia talk? How about we just get things done? That, that really is not happening. Okay, before I get to things I like and things I hate, I first want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Realty Shares. So if you're interested in investing in, in realty, if you're in, investing in, in real estate and you, and you want to make more money based on the money that you already have, you owe it to yourself to go over to R-E-A-L-T-Y Shares, Realty Shares. Dot com. They've gotten rid of the walls between you and real estate investing. You don't need billions or millions or even tens of thousands of dollars to invest in vetted real estate assets. Basically, you go on their site and they list a bunch of projects that you can invest in with just like $5,000. It takes $5,000 to make an investment. There are no hidden fees. If you make $200,000 a year, you may qualify. Find out today at realtyshares.com slash Ben. You know, I take my extra money and I, and I invest it. You owe it to yourself to invest your money. $200,000 a year, you may qualify. Realtyshares.com, by the way, has a special offer just for my listeners. Go today to realtyshares.com slash Ben for 100 bucks toward your first investment. Again, that's realtyshares.com slash Ben for $100 toward your first investment. R-E-A-L-T-Y shares.com slash Ben, $100 toward your first investment. Again, they vet all of these investments and they make sure uh, that they are the best investments. $5,000 will get you in. Not an offering of securities. Private investments are highly liquid and risky. Not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Securities offered to accredited investors through North Capital Private Securities, member FINRA SIPC. Again, you should go and invest in it. I think that it is a very, very worthwhile endeavor. You want to get rich. The way to get rich is get rich slowly by making small investments over time. Okay, so time for some things I like, some things I hate. Uh, I don't know if we'll have time to deconstruct the culture today, so we'll see. Okay, things I like. Let's do it. So... We are doing sons who have disappointed their fathers this week on the Ben Shapiro show. Uh, yesterday, uh, we did, um, yesterday, we did uh, one of those things. I'm trying to remember. What did we do yesterday? Pete Rose. Pete Rose, that's right. Uh, Pete Rose Jr. Uh, this, today, we're doing East of Eden. So I've recommended the, I believe I recommended the movie, but not the book yet. The book is John Steinbeck's best book. So everybody always talks about the Grapes of Wrath. It is, Grapes of Wrath is overwrought um, and... In my view, it is uh, slightly mediocre. East of Eden, however, is a phenomenal book. And East of Eden is all about, uh, it, it's all about Cain and Abel, uh, a story repeated twice, Adam and Eve. Uh, it's, it's just fantastic. Um, it, it's, it's about a father and his sons and a son desperately trying to prove his worth to his dad. Uh, East of Eden, great book. My wife's favorite book, actually. Uh, so you can go check that out, great book. Okay, other things uh, that I like. So Chris Christie is apparently trying out for sports talk radio. Like, really, he did a sit-in on sports talk radio. He's the current governor of New Jersey, and when he's not sitting on a beach, he's sitting on sports talk radio, and this actually happened on sports talk radio. 
Mike in Montclair. What's up, Mike? Governor, next time you want to sit on a beach that is closed to the entire world except you, yeah. You put your fat ass in a car and go to hey. one that's open to all your constituents. Uh, well, you know, not just you interesting, and yours. Interesting, Mike. You know what? That what's beach, that? that? What's beach, that, Gov? You know, Mike. I love I love getting calls from communists in Montclair. Communists in, in Montclair. Montclair. You know, you're a bully, you governor, are, you know, no, and I don't like bullies. You know what? And listen, I'm not the one who came on the air. Hey, hold on, Mike. Mike, I'm not the guy who came on the air, swore on the air. And so you did. I, 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 I the heck out yeah, of you. you know, you're swearing on the air, Mike. You're 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 a bum. You know, so you let's so let's just go, go, but, oh bad optics, okay? Mike. And I'd love to come look at your optics every day, buddy. Oh, that's you know what, and you know what, Mike. What matters is what you do. That's what matters. And what have you done? <laughs> what I just did was stop polluting the airways with a guy like that. Okay, so Chris Christie obviously bound to be a successful sports talk host. Amazing. Good for Mike and Montclair, because that is exactly right. I love that Chris Christie's best response was, I've done, I hung up on you, man. Well played, Chris Christie. Man, oh, man. So somebody should send Mike and Montclair a medal. That's pretty spectacular stuff. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Okay, so Cosmo Magazine has an article today. It says, Dear Parents-to-Be, Stop Celebrating Gender. Really, this is what it says. And it is just an insane piece of stupidity. Uh, they say that you shouldn't have gender parties. Stop celebrating your baby's gender. Cutting into pink or blue cake seems innocent enough, but honestly, it's not. This is by Diane Stopira, Stopira, stupid. Uh, a few weeks ago, I waddled across a backyard in suburban Pennsylvania with a ping pong ball between my knees. After 20 feet, a woman I've never met snapped a photo of me squatting over a metal saucepan. I opened my legs and released the ball, which tinged off the edge of the pot and bounced into the grass. A group of women behind me let out a collective no and applauded my effort. It was the last member of a relay team in a game called Tinkle in the Pot, which pokes fun at an expectant mother's near-constant urge to pee. Okay, so that's weird. They say this game was the piece de resistance at a friend's baby shower. If you're like me, a woman in her early 30s, your weekends are increasingly planned around these pastel celebration and their games. And if you're like me, you swallow your feminist pride long enough to eat fetus-shaped cookies. Weird. Finger paint bibs in gender normative colors and support a pregnant friend. And she says, this is just terrible. It's just awful. How in the world could you have gender reveal parties? Because... Come on, gender isn't binary, gang. <clears throat> okay, you should celebrate the gender of your baby because gender is indeed binary, okay? You can have a lot of things. You can, you can be a feminine male. You can be a masculine female. But men and women, two categories, all there is, okay? Unless you're an intersex person. Those are the two categories. And you should celebrate your child's gender and reinforce gender because gender is an important thing, okay? I want my boy to be a boy. I want my boy to be masculine. I want my boy's gender to be in coordination with his sex as far as possible because the fact is that he will lead a happier, more fulfilled life if that is the case. Of course you should celebrate your baby's sex. And pretending that sex doesn't exist, pretending that gender doesn't exist, is just stupidity. It's feminist garbage meant to knock out the distinctions between the sexes, which, by the way, undercuts the entire case for feminism in the first place. Feminism is about the idea that women are equal to men, not that women are the same as men. The idea is that women have special qualities men do not in certain ways. And that is certainly the case. Celebrating those gender differences is vital. Uh, otherwise, you end up in the stupid world of Riley Dennis, this transgender woman. He's a guy who thinks he's a woman. Uh, he tweeted out yesterday that sex is not biological, which begs the question, effing babies, how do they work? So, yeah, again, I think it's rather important that we reinforce these differences, not downplay them. Okay, so we'll be back here tomorrow with the latest on Trump Jr. Gate, and we'll find out whether, indeed, Fredo coordinated with Boris and Natasha in order to bring Lenin's 
Lenin's regime to the United States. I think I got that straight. We'll talk about all of it tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.